right, we in here recording. We back up in this motherfucker. All right, we recording. Yeah, we recording. We recording. We on. Yeah. Um. Shit, man. Let's just intro it, man. <laughs> Let's get I'm it. One real nigga. You a real nigga. We some real niggas. Welcome to the ghost of a real nigga podcast. Now you know what's funny. I was talking to. I didn't talk to this chick, but. Let's say I had an exchange with this chick that I was talking to last year, and she had reminded me of a conversation that we had at a bar, and she was like, yo, where the fuck you been at? And I was like, oh, shit. And she was like, oh, you ain't expect to see me. And I was like, (laughs) damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. She was like, yeah. So what you just... Would you just be ghosting people? I was like, I'm actually not even really here right now. This is really just a ghost of me. And she started laughing and was like, fuck you. And she was like, basically, you know, she's trying to hold me accountable for my actions. But at the time, I was like, you know, I'm not even supposed to be here on some real shit. I'm not on the scene no more. So, like, really, you're not really seeing me right now. Like, you can honestly just forget that this encounter actually happened. Like, for real. <laughs> oh, man. What was the response to that? Uh, she laughed. And then she bought me a drink. So, oh, nice, 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 yeah. nice. And I ended up on home with her. So, you know, it's just, it's just, you know, I've been, I've been ghosting niggas since way before the coronavirus <laughs> started. Fucking just dropping off ghost dick and shit like that, man. So, I yeah. So anyway, uh, what's up, bro? How you doing? Uh, I'm doing all right, man. So, uh, despite everything going on, you know what I mean? Oh man, let's not even jump into the bullshit. Let yeah, me, let's let not me, even, let, yeah, let's, let's just say, I've been having I mean, a good just... day so far. I've been having a good day so far, bro. I caught four L's this week. Caught four, <laughs> I caught L's. four L's this week. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 caught, I caught Scott's. two. I caught two. Yeah, dog. Actually, I tried, <laughs> I tried to finesse the Travis Scott's, bro. I tried hard, dog. Nigga, I was Actually, on like seven raffles for them bitches. Yeah, yeah. Fucking like, I had, I had one of my, this phone, my old phone. Had a joint on my they tablet, probably, they dog. Caught you, they caught you by your IP. That's how they knew that shit, nigga. So, yeah, I, yeah, I had all my email addresses just running and shit like that. Just it was trying like, to get bitch, shit, we man. said one per household. But nah, yeah, it was I crazy. Had mom, I had my mom on her phone on the joint. This is bad, though, now. Like, I tried to do, I, I did a, I did an entry at the fucking gig. I did an entry in my car. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was crazy, yo. I tried, I tried. I tried hard for this one, man, but. You're a terrible yo. person. So here go the irony, though. So I won these Flint 13s, right? Well, it yeah. wasn't a whoop, nigga. I just got a chance to buy them. Yay, right? But last week... Yeah, I got the privilege I was, to spend money. I got the privilege on. to buy some sneaks, right? So, yeah. but last week, I won um, the privilege of getting these reverse he got game 13s, right? But mm-hmm. I peeped that it was no demand on those reverse he got games. So I was like, I ain't really want them. But I was like, eh, worst come to worst. It's like, I'll hold them for a little while. Worst, worst come to worst, I'll wear them. Cause they actually kind of all right, so I, I copped them like I did ass copped them, and then mm-hmm. Snipes they sh- they site is full of shit so fuck y'all Snipes, uh, Snipes took my money, didn't give me no confirmation and didn't email shit to me right, so I'm sitting there basically with no money in my account, and I'm like oh shit so I didn't get no confirmation so I'm sitting there I try to get the John again so I try to buy the shit again I'm trying to buy the shit again these niggas is like nah insufficient funds B we already charged you B so I'm like all right cool I got them I must got them, didn't get them. A whole week Man. went by with that shit pending in my account. And then finally, after the week was over, I got my money back. But look, though, wow. that week was over. That week was over yesterday. So I got my money back yesterday off of the he got the reverse he got games and spent that same fucking $190 on the Flint 13s, which is going to resell for at least $70 more. 
So yeah, you probably need to knock those jumps off for good, like two fifty at least. So at least, at least they at two seventy five right now. By the next, and but that's only because everybody catching the L, so they making impulse buys. But after yeah. uh, after this week go by, I can guarantee them bitches to be two fifty at least two seventy five. Yeah, but, that's uh, the funny thing. I, th- I thought about getting those because I mean I don't know those are like mad nostalgic, right? You know what I mean? I only got a dog. I'm not wearing none of this shit, nigga. I'm trying to be an adult and buy houses and shit, nigga. I dig it. I don't care about sneakers no more. I found out that like three of the fucking, I can, I found out that three pairs of sneakers that I bought within the last two months that I really intended on wearing, the value has skyrocketed on those bitches. So yeah. I can't wear them no more. I'm dead ass. Not like the Jones that I copped over your crib. I told you about that shit. I copped these um niggas can the audience can look them up if they give a fuck, but. Ridge Rocks, Ridge Rock Air Max ones. I copped them at Ian's crib. Uh, you can you can cut your name out. I copped them at <laughs> Ian's crib. I copped them at Ian's crib on Thanksgiving, the day that I decided to become a vegetarian, for one hundred ninety dollars. That's how much I copped them for. That was after everything. I copped them for like one seventy four plus shipping and, and all of that shit. Right now, there's two pair up. The last pair is three forty five, and the pair after that is five ninety nine. Damn, my nigga, my nigga. Yeah, it's kind of hard. To, it's kind of hard to, especially when you got the value of that shit like that. You know, I'm not wearing them shits. And they, and the crazy thing is, I settled for, I settled for a half a size down because that's how much I wanted them. So I, I bought them knowing that okay, if I, if I go, if time goes by and I don't actually wear them, then I'll be able to trade them. Or worst come to worst, I'll take the insoles out and wear them bitches. But now take the insoles like, out, wear yeah. them with no socks or dress socks and shit like that. Hell yeah, wear them bitches, no <laughs> socks, no insoles. Hey, yeah. your bunions all popping out. Hell yeah, nigga. Yeah, I mean, fucking paying for fashion, man. So yeah, but with that said though, them shits I copped them for one ninety, and if I if I see this nigga sell them Jones, the last pair that I see online, if I see him sell them for five ninety nine, guess how much mine going up for? Yeah, yeah, yeah at least so. At least, at least, at least, at least. You know and I mean, yeah. at least got a match. You know what I mean? I won't beat it. I'll just match them. You know what I mean? So. Mhm. Oh man. So yeah, I talked to Brian this morning at like three AM because I will well actually I he called me at one, like one something. I woke up and I texted you back. You read that text, I'm sure. Yeah. I texted somebody else on the same subject. I watched somebody's Instagram live where they was just saying all these wild incendiary things. Mm-hmm. And uh well, let's let's. I guess we should just go ahead and intro the motherfucking topic. Basically, this is this uh this George Floyd situation. Yeah. Um, so the the ensuing protests, riots, riots looting, <laughs> everything um, going on right now. So so like basically, all right. Just to sum it up, like I woke up at midnight. I woke up knowing like most of my friends will be asleep. So I'm on Instagram and I see a lot of people reacting to this shit. But what I see that's bothering me is I see people who I know to be more wise and peaceable individuals uh, saying, saying, saying things that don't seem all the way thought out. And so I saw what one you, What do you mean by that? But like by pretty much not like, you know, by just, saw, okay. just so firing thought, off the hip with like, you know, what they should be saying or doing or just kind of just uh, being irresponsible with what they're saying. I saw one boss saying like, I saw one boy that I really highly respect saying, all right, I heard a white person saying, this is what he's saying. I'm quoting him now. He's like, I heard a white boy saying, matter of fact, he didn't say white boy. He's like, I heard niggas saying, I heard black people saying, yeah, if you ain't black, 
da 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 we coming out. He was like, fam, fuck that, fam. He was like, look at my fucking family reunion right here. Let me show you a picture. And it was all it was all mixed people. It was mixed people. It was Mexicans. It was black people. It was white people. It was all types of people. He was like, yes. you come over here with that. You holding something. You come over here with that. You about to hold something. And I'm looking at him and I'm like, man, this is a man of God. Damn, that right there, that ain't the spirit. That ain't the spirit of love. That ain't the spirit of God right there. I'm looking at him. And don't get me wrong. I realize that I'm in no position to judge nobody's reactions. But as I'm watching him and I go to this person for direction and I go to this person for guidance, I'm looking at it like, you know what? That's not what I need right now. I don't need this nigga telling, I don't need to hear this nigga telling somebody they're going to hold this. You know what I'm saying? So I left out of there and then I go to another pastor that I, that I, uh, I don't necessarily follow this nigga, but I, I, I keep up with it. You keep tabs, you know what I mean? Check it yeah, out. Yeah, I keep tabs with it. You and this subscribe nigga, to. You know yeah, I mean? yeah. So this nigga was like, uh, he was like 1230 Sunday. 23rd in Allegheny. We take an action. And that was all it said. So I'm like. So like, what action? You know what I mean? Nigga, <laughs> so. No, that's what I'm saying, nigga. That's what I'm saying. And now I got this. Now this is what I got, right? Now it's 1230, like I said. So I've reacted to these two things. I haven't reacted, but I've, I've taken in these two things. Uh, obviously, on top of all of the, the Twitter comments and all of the, these crazy white people saying crazy white shit and the shit that I sent you, which is, you know, that white uh, wrestling teacher saying, even though I got a bald head and I don't like niggas, this is completely safe and okay, man. It's all good. You know? <laughs> but like on top of seeing all of that, I see this boy, this pastor saying, yeah, 23rd in Allegheny, we, we going to take action. So I'm like, I go in, I go to my group text where it got, that got uh, my nigga Maine, my nigga B in there. And I was like, how y'all niggas feel about this Lil Wayne shit? Did I send you the Lil Wayne shit? Yeah, well, I actually sent it to you. All right, so. you sent me the Lil Wayne shit. So yeah, Lil Wayne. So the you know obviously Wayne is. Basically, I'm, I'm on you. I'm on you. I find that on. I found that on Breitbart, which is interesting. So I, I, I hate Breitbart either way. Like yeah, I, don't, I, I can't fuck with Breitbart no matter what. Like, but either way. So I read the article. I, I immediately see Breitbart, so I read it. That's the only reason I read it was because it was Breitbart, right? Yeah. So I read the article and I'm like, Broken I don't know hundred percent right? agree with my nigga. Broken clock, I don't, right? I don't 100%. Yeah, they got to be right at least twice a day. I don't 100% disagree with my nigga. So I get back to you, and I'm like, not necessarily firing back at you because you were asleep at the time and shit. So <laughs> I'm, I'm responding to you. I'm sharing what you sent me to other niggas, and other niggas is like, yeah, he don't know what the fuck to say. And I'm like, uh, but I kind of I don't disagree all the way. So I'm looking for a response that where a nigga will actually tell me where I can get some interaction. So I put this shit in the text with Maine and B, and Maine is like, yeah, it's crazy. So I go to Maine and I'm like, you know what's crazy though? I don't 100% disagree with the nigga. Because if you think about it, Wayne been a millionaire for how long now? I'm pretty sure the cops that he's encountered, at least for the last 20 years, the cops that he's encountered have all been riding his dick and they've all been his security detail for the most part. So like, if you think about it, he ain't looking at the same shit that we looking at. He ain't living in the same world that we living in. And all he was saying, if you want to generalize the fuck out of his statement was, we can't say it's all cops. We can't say it's all white people. Yeah, and I think I think he is right about that. Uh, I do. Just to kind of just to, just to but kind of get an audience that, some some, but some I think context. That it's, but I think that it's very fucking easy for a person to say that and 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 not take into account that he is completely ignoring the fact that this is systemic. If yeah, he wasn't well, completely ignoring is, that fact, then he would be a hundred percent right. Yeah, he would be right. But this is systemic, so actually we do have to broad brush and we do have to generalize and we do have to say all this and all that. Maybe not well, just, all cops. Just, maybe just not give you some context. Let me let me give us some context though. 
The main statement that he made is that he says we need to stop blaming every cop and making it about race. So those are just kind of just the specifics, you know what I mean? So, and he said this on Instagram Live when he was talking to Fat Joe, uh, just trying to give his point of view. Fat Joe, who uses the N-word like, I fucking breathe, basically. I just said the N-word on a real nigga podcast. (laughs) Oh, man. But essentially, he was just saying, and I've heard him make this point a couple of times. See, the thing is, Lil Wayne has been very confusing when it's come to a lot of these things because uh, he's been known to actually shout out All Lives Matter at his concerts uh, and then go back home and say Black Lives Matter. So obviously, you know, he he does his little bit of straddling. Uh, But in this particular situation, he is right. I mean, not all cops are bad. And like you said, given his situation, you know, he's pretty rich and they're using his security detail. Plus, he's rich enough to not necessarily even – he probably has his own private police force and shit like that. You know what I mean? So, I mean, like, yeah. and any cop that's seen him for the last 20 years has treated him like Lil Wayne. So. Exactly. So, I mean, motherfucker was in Rikers, you know, having shorties bu- – <laughs> getting shorties bust into him while he was in the fucking prison and shit like that. So, you know. Right. His experience with the justice system is going to be very different because he's a very rich man. Uh, right. So – my expectations for him to actually stand in solidarity a little bit further, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I, I don't really have those expectations for him because, you know, it's not really yeah, it's his, not, his purview. It's not, it's, it doesn't benefit, you know what I mean? It's not well, what we get from him. So, yeah, so let me yeah. let me finish. Let me let me wrap my point back around, basically, just so I can let you go ahead and, and finish and uh, respond to everything properly. So, basically, right. I, I put this shit into the box with Maine and B. And Maine, he immediately responded and he said, wow. He said he is too far separated from where he came from. And that was basically him agreeing with what I said, which is for the last 20 years, Lil Wayne been Lil Wayne. And then I told him about the pastor boy who was like, you know, 23rd in Allegheny, bam, 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 take action. And Maine, you know who Maine is. Maine is a peaceful protesting ass nigga. So Maine was like, he he protests every week, every week. Maine protests every week. week. Exactly. Maine been protesting before this shit went down. So (laughs) Maine was like, sounds like a peaceful protest. And I said, yeah, I dig you, but if I owned a business on that corner, I would be concerned, my nigga. I would be questioning, hmm, is it going to be peaceful? Oh, man, I don't know. We might want to be prepared. So just to say, it sounds like a peaceful process to you, but to me it sounds like something that could that could definitely snowball into something different. So basically it's a whole bunch of hurt, brooding individuals Brimming with emotion and pent up restlessness. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And they're, they're they don't off of being, coming off of being, they right, don't necessarily have, they don't, yeah, coming up off of being fucking yeah. locked in the crib for fucking two months, three months or shit. <laughs> exactly. And, and don't necessarily, don't like, this is me assuming, but don't necessarily have a plan of action. Don't necessarily know what this is going to look like once we all get, get here. So I'm asking him, I'm like, listen, man. The same ignorance that prompts Wayne to say that thing is the same ignorance that prompts a pastor to call a riot with no plan, right? And that's the same ignorance that I have about this whole situation that makes me not even get online and talk about it because I don't want to incite and, and, and be too incendiary about too much shit because I feel ignorant about the whole thing. And I feel like if I say the wrong thing to the wrong person, I couldn't even 100% justify it because... This is serious. This is real life. This is 100%. And I haven't done my research. You know what I'm saying? Nah, I understand that. Uh, I think this is one of those situations where everybody's right and wrong. Uh, because at this point, you know, you can't tell people how to feel. You know what I mean? Especially with everything going on. Uh, 
I think at this point now, I didn't think the fever pitch would come at this point, but I knew it was coming eventually. Uh, obviously, coming off the tail end of just being locked down, motherfuckers broke, motherfuckers don't know when they're getting paid. <laughs> they've been getting, you know, bossed around by cops and shit like that, you know, and I, you know, I, motherfuckers are actually going to feel some type of way. And I, I got to say, at least when it comes down to just the people riding, you know, have, well, riding, well, let's say protesting, because I don't know, I got a different view of how I feel about the whole riding thing. And I'll get to that a little bit later. Uh, I don't want to bust up my tinfoil hat yet. But uh, in terms of people that are protesting, uh, most of those people, the issue is, trauma that people have actually felt due or experienced due to their react their interactions with police and i think most of those people most of those people main said different main said different levels of trauma resulting in different levels of action and that sounds wise as fuck but to me that don't mean shit it means everything and nothing all at the same time which is we're all going to respond to shit and we're all hurt go ahead so i mean so essentially you have a, a bunch of people gathered together that are angry, traumatized. <laughs> and at this point, you know, man, like they don't know, they don't know what they want because, you know, like you but said, mind, the, enemy, the enemy is not present in front of them. Exactly. They're in a neighborhood, they're in a neighborhood, not even though black people don't own shit, but they're in a neighborhood where ain't no white folks. You know what I'm saying? And they, yeah. all the homes, all the homes and all the businesses is pretty much run by them, even though black people don't own shit. So, yeah, you 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 call a gathering with that much incendiary individuals, and you know. Well, I'm not gonna say I, I'm gonna say incendiary individuals. Not everybody's incendiary, man. You know, you got a, you got a few incendiary individuals, but man, it's just a lot of motherfuckers that are just concerned. You know what I mean? Uh, what? Fuck you, out, man, nigga. All right, first off, let's let's go ahead and, and broaden right. this uh, definition of incendiary. I'm right. incendiary right now with my tone. You know what I'm saying? I'm incendiary okay. right now with my feelings. But now as far as them motherfuckers being concerned, no, concerned people don't show up to rallies. Concerned people stay the fuck home and watch and see what happens, in my opinion. So uh, uh, all right, but maybe not concerned. Nah, because I would say active. Because honestly, but but all right, but the thing is a lot of people are active right now, even if even if they're not at the rallies, you know what I mean? Like, you know, if you I had to fucking shut I literally had to fucking take every social media platform off my phone just because the shit is just getting too real in there, man. Like, motherfuckers arguing left and right, talking left and right, posting left and right and shit like that. Like, you know, it's just weird. <laughs> I've been trying to escape this shit for, like, the past night, and the shit has just still been finding me, you know, all types of different ways, you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah. but, all right, the thing is, people have, well, all right, let me just get, get straight to it. I don't necessarily think a lot of these protests and everything are as organic or as organic as it would seem. Uh, no, you know damn well that these niggas be uh, agents for the fucking enemy. And yeah, well, so are trouble. So you know, so when it when it comes to these riots and stuff like that, you know, quote unquote riots. I mean, honestly, you get a bunch of upset people out there. Somebody goes crazy. Somebody breaks some shit. Start start blowing shit up. You know, motherfuckers come out there just to mix it up anyway. So you know, like there's motherfuckers that are that that go that go specifically to fucking protest and, and they go there specifically to riot they don't give a fuck whether or not they for the cause without the cause niggas just want to get out yeah. there fuck shit up like you know what i mean so my homie told me he was like he was like i don't know what these niggas is doing i just want to be the first one to throw the chair <laughs> that's it like exactly so to be there and those are the folks that definitely are incendiary no question about that <laughs> but sorry go ahead 
you know what I mean? But, you know, I, w- I won't fault anybody for going out and, like, you know, marching out and stepping out for their beliefs. I mean, honestly, blowing up shit, setting shit on fire, that's another thing. But, you know, conveniently, a lot of those businesses have, like, you know, fucking insurance and shit like that. So, you know, <laughs> there's that angle with that shit as well, too. You know, niggas actually, you know, hiring motherfuckers to come out there and fuck your shit up. Because obviously, you're about to go out of business anyway. So why not get this insurance claim before you shut your shit down? But uh, he's already suffering from this COVID shit. So, <laughs> so I mean, that's that's one thing with it in itself. But just to kind of, I don't know, talk about like at least the riots and stuff like that. Now, let's get back to your other point, what you were saying about Wayne. Uh, I agree with him in the sense to where, like, you know, we can't have a, a universal animus towards police, but I feel like in rioting and kind of just showing people's force, and this pretty much is showing how, like, impactful can be, even though they're not armed, kind of, it lets motherfuckers know that you're here, you know what I mean? So it lets motherfuckers know that you have to, you know, be taken seriously, because, you know, I don't know if you've known all the details of the case and stuff like that, but just yesterday some shit came out with the coroner. Uh, pretty much the, the medic or whatever, you know, the guy, you know, whoever the fucking doctor is or the guy that's doing the autopsy says, he pretty much just tried to sit there and say that, oh, yeah, you know, Floyd had uh, health issues and he was po- he was po- he's possibly intoxicated. So a whole know, bunch of irrelevant. <laughs> yeah. So, so, you know, so, 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 so the officer, so, you know, so the officer that, you know, so, you know, even though the officer, you know, kind of constrained his breathing. You know, there's no guarantee that, you know, he actually died from, you know, being restrained. You know, one of those pre-existing. He could have died if the officer wasn't even there. Like, he probably could have just died laying down on the ground. (laughs) So, and that, my friend, is that bullshit, man. So, I think, you know, like. Bullshit. Yeah, I mean, that's that bullshit. You know what I mean? So, like, they're even setting up the fucking, like, you know, the trial shit like that. Just to kind of fucking, you know, just the fact that before the very public, they're trying to figure out a way to finesse. If enable this shit already, that's that's just unacceptable. Uh, so here's the thing, right? <laughs> so I mean, you can't you can't expect motherfuckers to not be upset, man. You know what I mean? Like you I know, know, motherfuckers gonna react the way they're gonna react. You want them to be civil, you know? But hey, man, you know, like you know, like Martin Luther King said, man, he said, "Fucking rioting, man, is the fucking is the voices of the unheard, man." You know? <laughs> I didn't, when niggas I get frustrated, niggas get you know what I mean? They, 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 I don't want or not want anything. That's why I'm just having a discussion because I realize how ignorant I am and I don't know what the right thing to do is. You know what I'm saying? So like me personally, I can criticize maybe everybody right now. I can can criticize every single side of this, right? Yeah, but that's not what I should do, is it? No, right. I mean, like, so what I'm like, I can probably find fault in about 40, 30, 40% of all of these niggas, but that's not really a solution. A solution would be more so like, actually figuring out what the what the shit looks like, what success would look like, and then trying to get my ass onto that trip or, or going down that route. Uh, but I didn't actually pay no attention to this shit until my nigga Stack Jack stepped up on Breakfast Club, and here's what fucked me up. When I, when I saw the video of uh, George getting, you know, whatever. I didn't I watch that video. I didn't watch that. I'm done watching those videos, man. I'm done watching those videos. Listen, bro. I'm done watching those videos too, but the shit found me because of IG. And you don't know what yeah. you watch half the time until it's already there. So yeah, it's true. It's true. It's true. I seen Bull face. Like, I'm, there's already mad RIP pictures. And I'm like, damn, Bull look like Stack. <laughs> and I see the video and I'm like, damn, Bull really look like Stack. This shit crazy. So I see Stack on fucking Breakfast Club. And this nigga was like, 
I knew him personally. He was a friend of mine. I known him for over 20 years. <laughs> we grew up yeah. and we grew up in the same town together. And so many people had came up to me saying, yo, you know who this boy is? He looked just like you. And so many people had came up to him saying, yo, you know who this boy is? He looked just like you. And you know how it is when somebody tell you somebody look like you. You're like, man, fuck out of here. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that shit. Then I met him one day and was like, damn, who your daddy? <laughs> and he yeah, was like, from that moment on, we always been, yeah, they, they always was cool. So that shit really hit home once I heard Stack tell the story. I'm like, damn, this nigga. But I heard, before I heard Stack tell that shit, I heard uh, a couple Christian did rappers you, I listened to. I heard the Lecrae's press conference. World. Who? Stack? Uh, Stack's press conference, yeah. Nah, so pretty much, uh, nah, he had a, he had a pretty, pretty heartbreaking point. All right, cool, cool. Let, right. let me say this real quick before you get into that. So before before I even saw Stack on the shit, I seen niggas that I really cared about shouting this boy out, saying like, "Yo, boy was a real good dude." And I think I'm pretty sure the last podcast we mentioned that, like, yeah, I heard boy, I heard boy actually getting shouted out, like he was a real good dude. He was actually a man of peace. Niggas was going out of their way to say, "Yeah, I know boy, he was a peaceful man." I saw that, and then I saw Stack, and then after that, by the end of the Breakfast Club, John, so Envy was like, "Yeah, so uh, so 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 what you you know, so what do you think is necessary in order for you know." all of this stuff to come to it, come to an end. And what do you think that we should do as people or whatever? Stack was like, they need to lose one of their own. Wow. He was like, they, they won't get it until they lose one of their own. He was like, we need to get we, that boy. That, he was talking about the cop. He was like, he need to be fried. But at the end of the day, they won't get it until they lose one of their own. And that nigga literally, he don't know he was doing it. He probably didn't mean to do it. But right then he was calling for a certain kind of action. He yeah. was calling for a very specific kind of action. And it wasn't, to me, I did take it as, yeah, we need to fry this motherfucking cop. But he went further than that and said, nah, they need to lose one of their own. And in that moment, he painted them in one side, he painted us on another side and said, this is what we need to do. Kill one of the motherfuckers. That's what yeah. Stack said on Breakfast Club. And I was like, damn, that's some real ass shit. And I really needed to get that off my chest that night, but I didn't, because I was hanging with my young boy. And then the next day, ESPN was like, Steven Jackson gives heartfelt da 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 on, on, yeah. So I'm like, damn, ESPN just tweeted that shit. Like, just one Breakfast Club, they got their market, but ESPN market is like 10 times bigger. Yeah, so. way bigger. So, yeah, but he had a press conference. He was pretty much just talking about, you know, actually having heard about it and dealing with everything about it. Then his daughter came up to him and was like, yeah, you know, that's the big thing that I think that hit home with him is that his daughter actually saw the video and she was saying that, like, you know, to him that, like, hey, dad, you know, if you go somewhere, just take me with you because I don't want that to happen to you. You know, I mean, while we out and shit like that. So, and he's just like, damn, the fact that my daughter's coming up to me, oh, <laughs> telling me this—that almost, like, almost made me cry just now, cause that's some real <laughs> shit. When a child so, offers to protect you, you know the world is cold. Yeah, you know so and, cold. and that and that's crazy, cause you know his daughter seeing that video and guy, the guy looking just like him and shit like that. You know, so so and that's and that's wild, man. That's wild. Uh, all right, just segue, slight, slight, you know, veer off to another point. I guess, man, you know, the main reason why this is actually really viral and everything like that, and everybody's actually seeing these things because of social media, right? All this information is being put in front of our face. Uh, there's big issues, you know, right now, you know, Twitter and the president going back and forth. About censorship. Yeah, about, about censorship and fact-checking and shit like that. So... Do you think it's appropriate for a video like this to actually be spreading around and just to be Absolutely. able to be viewed by a little kid? Absolutely. Fucking literally. Here's why. Okay. Because the internet hasn't gone out of its way to keep a whole bunch of other really, really hurtful images and really, really uh, 
toxic images from being spread around. We all use art and we use freedom of speech and we use freedom of expression and we use a whole bunch of different laws to justify a whole lot of shit that really ain't helping nobody. Like nigga, I had rotten.com as a child and I'm not talking about, <laughs> I'm not yeah. talking about a whole bunch of bullshit. I'm talking about real shit. Nigga. So yeah. what it comes down to is like my young boy, I told you it was one time my young boy, he was asking about, you know, niggas eating cats and dogs. And I told him what it was. I was like, yeah, in China, there is a dog market, but I don't think they eat cats or whatever. He was like, all right. And he went right on to his phone and said, hey, Siri, how many dogs do they eat in China? Because I said, I'm not sure how many. I said, I'm pretty sure it's upwards of a million. Oh, this bitch. <laughs> Damn. Wow. Anyway, they listening. Anyway, they listening. They are. They're always listening. So anyway. She answered immediately, and she was like, 10 million dogs are sold, and 3 million cats are sold on the dog market in China. Wow. He was, he was like, and, and as soon as she said that, pictures. This boy was like, he's sitting there scrolling and shit, ain't said a word. He quiet. I'm looking at him I'm like, yo, what you looking at? Give me that shit. What you looking at? I take his phone. It's just a whole bunch of dog heads on grills and shit. And my wow. man ain't never seen nothing like that. My man's six. You know what I'm saying? This was, this was a year ago at this point. So that, that information that he got, I can't be mad at about that. That was knowledge. That was real. That was going to help him. That's going to help him. It might have traumatized the fuck out of him, but it's going to help him. Now, if, if Google ain't doing shit about that, no, nah, man, don't sit here and act like you ain't killing niggas, bro. That's, true. That's true. That shit is real. That shit affect. Like, I have to talk to my young boy about that. I have to tell him that cops is out here killing niggas because he has to understand that they're not the ultimate authority. And if some shit go down and I'm there, and his mom is there, and his grandmom is there, he might, based on TV and based on school and based on everybody else, think that the cop might be the ultimate authority in that situation and think that the cop might be neutral and benevolent in that situation. And that's not the fucking truth. The people who are neutral in that situation and benevolent are the people who love you and have been taking care of you. So yeah, some shit go down and it's a cop in the room and it's me in the room. Yeah, nigga be on my side. Understand that that cop be killing niggas. Yeah, nigga, be on my side. Understand that these pops is real regular people who make mistakes too. And then on top of that, understand that if some shit really go down with you and your family, we don't need to call the cops. We can get this handled on our own, bro. They ain't bringing help. They ain't coming here to protect nobody. So yeah, yeah man, how do you explain these things to a six-year-old boy who's going to grow to be a, a black man in America? And that's the funny thing, right? Because I mean, I think it's just kind of like, I, I even feel like with our generation particularly, you know, this is definitely going to have a, this is going to have some lasting effects. You know what I mean? I feel like you know, there's definitely this is definitely going to change things in the in the generations to come. You know what I mean? I feel like this is definitely an inflection point. I don't think this shit's going to just go under the you know the radar. I feel like well, you know this consciousness that people have. Keep in mind how far we are removing removed from the events that are happening right now in Minneapolis and shit, and the events yeah. that. Right now, in different cities in America, like. different cities, yeah. But I mean, but you know, shit, it can happen any moment here. You know what I mean? I'm pretty sure it's happening in some capacity here. Not, you know. But I say know. that I only say that to say, like, shit. You and me feel like, oh damn, it might be. We might be at the point of no return. We might be at the point where everything is going to change after this. Niggas who was actually witnessing this shit firsthand, and and watching niggas run up in their stores, and watching niggas set shit on fire in front of them. They know for a fact, yeah, we ain't going back after this. Ain't no yeah. problem. Well, yeah, of course, man. Of course, you know. So, <laughs> uh, it's funny just thinking about that. I just thought, you know, Purge came to mind and shit like that. So, maybe, I maybe, maybe. America, people. <laughs> this is America. I mean, the Purge happened in America, man. So, 
I mean, no, only in America. I felt like quoting Jay, man. That's all. It wasn't no wrong. Yeah. yeah, the purge. The purge. Yeah, you know what's fucked up, though? The purge ain't even racial. The purge is classist. The classist, yeah. Well, I think that's a big thing about this when it comes down to everything that's going on right now, too. So that's the big thing, right? I think the, the, the issue with America is they tried to align – they try to align. They try to align race with class at one point. You know what I mean? Uh, and then they try to pretty much just play, use race to pretty much play different classes while play play people in the same class against each other, right? Because you know, right. obviously the same the same shit that's going on in the cities, it's also happening out in the burbs. You know what I mean? Out in the fucking backwoods and shit like that. Yeah, know? but it's a different. If it's, it's a different time, but to kind of game out there because they all know each other. Yeah, well, and I, and I think that's just being the, the big the big issue there. But at the end of the day, we're all still talking. What'd you say? I, you know, but you know, I think at the end of the day, you know, we're all still getting, you know, the green, the green weenie, or the green meanie. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, either way, you know what I mean. So I feel like, you know, not having any unity in situations like this, it makes it easy. I mean, granted, just just look at the way this whole shit is being fucking portrayed by the media, right? A whole fucking mm-hmm. like pro, you know, a whole bunch of pro-black activists are out fucking blowing up and destroying cities and shit like that, right? And they're 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 fucking protesting for your right not to be fucking killed by your government because at the end of the day the police are the government you know what i mean so you know so to have an execution without a trial that's bullshit you know what i mean like <laughs> that's just straight up bullshit you know yeah i think and, and, and like you know that's just looking at it just like you know just philosophically or you know i guess taking that whole approach to like you know what government shouldn't shouldn't be doing and shit like that you know what i mean the government shouldn't just be willy-nilly fucking killing citizens and like you know not holding its own workers accountable for that shit, nah. You well, know, that's what I was actually bullshit about China. You know what I mean? They do that same shit in China, so the shit can't happen here, you know what I mean? So don't mm-hmm. try, try to downplay the numbers, you know what I mean? Nah, man, like, you know, if, put it this way. If any company in America, you know, had, had these type of PR issues and shit like that, you know what I mean? Like, they would definitely be making some changes in their policies. They'd be retraining their employees, and they would fucking institute procedures to make sure shit like this didn't happen because you know, they know people aren't going to fucking buy that good. But they because... would also oust their CEO. Their stock would drop fucking a bunch. And they exactly. would be forced to make a whole bunch of changes. Because guess what? If they were any big company in America, they would be publicly traded. And so there we, we would have a say. And we would have a voice on how they run themselves. But guess what? We don't got no say in the government or how they run themselves. Exactly. And then honestly, you know, maybe riding or you know fucking just taking taking these avenues you know leveraging social media that's the way we do it uh i mean i hope some good comes of it i hope you know what's going on this weekend doesn't go on throughout the rest of the year but shit it just might <laughs> you know what i mean but i mean i mean no that's the thing i can't tell a nigga to calm down right but i can say this just to like you know get around to the the, the conclusion of all of this uh we haven't had any solutions yet (laughs) um there's been not like there's been a lot of progress but we are still here after everything after 400 years of oppression and almost 100 years of civil rights activism uh we still here we still here are we here where we at so i definitely am not about to tell a nigga to calm down and i'm not about to tell a nigga that his actions aren't warranted and i'm not about to tell a nigga that his actions uh, won't affect change. Because at this point, 
whatever niggas is doing. <laughs> I mean, there's some like, changes to come. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, there's <laughs> some changes like, to come. So, yeah, I mean, at this yeah, point I'm now, like, this, that, yeah. that, that box is open with Pandora. You know what I mean? So, I guess the main thing is, you know, how we end up on the other side of these changes. You know what I mean? So, so I mean, that that's going to be the interesting part. You know what I mean? So, well, if you start seeing the National Guard and shit like that start getting called out some places, you know what I mean? Who knows what's going to happen and shit like start that. Putting so. tanks in, once they start putting tanks on streets and, and, and flying helicopters above cities, yeah. What well, well, that was happening in Atlanta, man. You know, you know they uh, they fucking they raided CNN of all places. <laughs> so that was a crazy part. CNN liberal? Yeah, well, CNN is – they, eh, they're, they're mainstream, man. CNN leans – CNN – Needs to make money, so you know what I'm I mean. The more they Fox. I'm pretty sure the only thing that saved Fox was uh, sports. <laughs> well, so all right, so this is one thing I actually read as well too, right? So I've been I follow Lil X on Instagram, uh, and essentially he was just he he pretty much is pretty much exposing that like you know that there's other actors in this shit. Like, so I think you, I'm pretty sure you probably saw the info in Minneapolis that a police officer actually started breaking some of the windows and like, you know, starting fires in places and shit like that. So well, um, no, I didn't see that. was that, was he a, was he an agent or was he uh was well, he just an angry police well, officer? Well, they said he was a uh, Minneapolis, uh, you know, he's a Minneapolis police officer. Uh, so did I mean, he, he was in there. It, did he do it on the side of this is some bullshit. Yeah. For the people. Or did he I do mean, it? Like he just wanted to make shit, but like, like he just wanted to make niggas look bad. I think it's, a, I think it's, yeah, I think that's just really it. And they, they even showed, like, in places like Atlanta, like, they have, like, like pallets of just bricks in front of, like, buildings that have big windows and shit like that. And then from what I heard in Atlanta is that, you know, they had pretty much been protesting all day. Uh, but the main thing is, uh, damn, my bad. Fucking just got a notification. But they had been protesting all day, but they said it wasn't until later in the day that, like, you know, all these motherfuckers that weren't with the rally and shit like that decided to yeah, show up and just start up. going crazy. You know what I mean? So, and they that's say, that, like, you know, that's that, uh, that's that, that fucking, uh, counter, what is it? Counter agent, counter, whatever. I can't remember what the fuck it's called, but basically, yeah. When, when the opposing side comes on, makes you look stupid and starts yeah. acting crazy while they stand among you. So then everybody yeah. like, damn, these niggas wilding. But meanwhile, it's the government making yeah. y'all look out. And like, exactly. even Alex Jones, even Alex Jones, crazy ass was talking about that years ago. When, like, yeah. niggas would go to rallies, he was like, yo, y'all boys keep putting this shit on social media. Y'all keep using social media to try to boost your rallies up instead of using your personal email and your network. When y'all yeah. use social media, they find out about it, and then they come, and they start getting violent, and everybody starts wilding the fuck out and blaming y'all for it. So, oh, man. Can I get you to say that one more time for the people in the back, man? <laughs> oh, man. I said, when you put your shit out on social media as opposed to using your own private fucking email network and shit, when you tell people, well, yeah, we're going to go and protest here on social media, that gives them the opportunity to find about, out about it, and then they come, and then they become violent, and everybody thinks that your fucking group is the people who's assholes. But meanwhile, it was these motherfuckers who was never with y'all in the first place. Uh, so, so, yeah, that happens, said, every rally. that happens at every yeah. rally. So, and the revolution will not be televised, man. So, should not be te – well, it will be televised, but – Shit, oh, been on TV my whole life, nigga. I'm watching it. It's <laughs> so, just getting clearer and clearer every day. 4K now, nigga. So, so I guess that, and I guess when I look at that now, man. So, so is what being televised a revolution, or is that just the fucking narrative, man? Oh yeah, definitely both, both. Because at this point, they can't control everything. Because we, you know, the information is is freely going, but they can control the mainstream, you know. 
So at the end of the day, you know, like we, we go to social media and we think that that's not the mainstream. We think that we, we actually got control of that shit. No, my nigga, check the algorithms. That's the mainstream. On top of that, if you got two influencers that you follow, that's their voice right there. <laughs> that's their ang- that, Those are their agents right there. Um, but what, I think with a lot of these voices, though, man, like, I feel like a lot of these people that are posting and reposting, I mean, it's not really my place to really question motherfuckers' motives and shit like that and how they feel about some of this shit. But I feel like, you know, at least what, what I'm seeing on social media and everything that's going on, I feel like a lot of these guys are just jumping on this just because it's the wave. You know what I mean? They want to be on the right side of this movement or they, you know. Maybe see 170 likes on a post. <laughs> And be like, damn, let me copy you know that. I mean? Let me copy that. Get rid of boy at and put that on my shit. And then, meanwhile, two days later go by and you like, damn, did I really even stand for any of that stuff? That, <laughs> exactly. Wow, this shit got out of hand. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I know. Like, I, that's why I said in the beginning what I said, which is I can't criticize anybody for how they choosing to take action because right now I'm choosing to not take action. Yeah. Personally. So, yeah, I mean, it, especially in times like these, man. You know, it's best not to make any decisive decision. Well, two decisive decisions and shit like that with everything going on, is because honestly, be hasty, man. Educate, educate yourself, man, and then uh, you know, make preparation. Yes, the bow on this shit. Yeah, so let's. (laughs) I guess, man. Yeah, we're pretty far in right now, so man, let's get in a little way, man. Let's talk about some NBA. (laughs) Well, you know what I mean. Let's get piece the fuck out of here soon, man. So fucking so. Uh, year to Wayne, man. Just and I like how he actually kicked off this fucking conversation and shit like that. So you know, look at this guy being 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 so prolific. You know what I mean? <clears throat> so 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 socially. How should I say this here? conscious. He's voicing uh, the the opinion of the the all fucking alien. <laughs> the all alien, all alien, yeah, fucking the opinion of the all alien. He like, look, man, I ain't even from here. <laughs> I'm from here, man. I ain't trying to deal with this shit. I'm a Martian yeah. dog. I speak on <laughs> shit, man. Just take that's that's from the outside looking in completely, bro. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'm gonna go ahead and do um, my fucking get them from dedication. Right. Uh, right. I can probably quote any bar from this whole fucking rap. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to keep it simple. He said, uh, these little niggas thinking they fresh, get whipped out your clothes, youngin. I got it all, but I beat you like you stole something. Uh, my bitch tripping. She say I treat her like my old woman. I tell that bitch I'm probably better off with no woman. No woman. That's chess right there. That's a power move. He said, (laughs) yeah, I get that brand new money. I'm a boss, bitch. I'm touching every dollar every that's, dollar coming. that's coming. Stop playing. I know what I'm doing. Let me get him. I hope his kids his not, kid not with him. Yeah, that's it, man. That's all. <laughs> oh, man. That's wild, dog. I remember that joint. He killed the shit out of that joint, though. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. So my, my verse is off of uh, actually his newest shit, man. Fucking uh, this track happened to you and shit. Word. Said, oh, by the way, they dropped the fucking uh, the deluxe at a funeral. That yeah, actually, got, I saw that earlier today, man. When I was actually tracks on it, dog. I think it got like thirty-two tracks now. Yeah, that shit's long as shit. So I, I'm definitely gonna take the whole weekend to get through this. But mm-hmm. so we got a track in there called "Happened to You." He said, "I'm caught in a thunderstorm. I look up and it's fucking pouring. 
I need me a lucky charm. Lucky charm. I need it easy like Sunday morning. Keep a firearm because I always think I'm at harm, but it ain't no smoking over here without ringing my fire alarm. On gang, on God, on moms, this life will break you down in crumbs. I was floating on a cloud, then I jumped, then I hit the ground and I sunk. Yeah, they thought I was down, but I'm up. I was lost, now I'm found. What's up? <laughs> I was lost, but now I'm found. What's up? This is wild. They thought I yeah. was down, but I'm up after I sunk down. All right, whatever, man. That's, you know what? That's some that's some that's some salvia dreaming. That's some acid trip to shit right there. I've been there. I know what that feel like. Anyway. They thought me they thought they had me, man. But they didn't. Oh, um, like, what's oh, up with the Rooney Rule update, bro? Rooney Rule update? Uh, actually, I've heard shit. about that, but nah, nah, I haven't heard anything about that at all, actually. All right, so basically, uh, I, I don't, I can go ahead and look the details up. But basically, the Rooney Rule, you know what that was, right? Yeah, obviously, you know, for every uh, head coaching position or whatever, they have to actually interview at least, what, like two or one or two black candidates or whatever? Right, in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, precisely. So that was basically like, you know, just to, just to get these white people to give a nigga a chance or to at least feign like they're giving a nigga a chance every time that they, like, they, they had to require, the NFL themselves had to require that every team, when they're looking for a head coaching position, they have to at least interview one black person. Like, please, just interview a nigga. Come on, <laughs> goddamn. At least just look like y'all giving a nigga a chance, right? Uh, that's crazy. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, well, I mean, so and this has been the base about how how successful that's actually been. But hey, you know. Well, that's the thing. It has been completely unsuccessful because we just watched uh like seven or eight different head coaching uh head coaches change positions, and we watched uh a nigga. Right, now I wish I'd have, I told you I ain't prepared for this well enough, but we watched oh, Matt, yeah, well, we'll, we watched Matt Rule get a head coaching position. We watched yeah, uh, watch, watch, watch a, a special teams coach <laughs> become nigga. a head coach on the fucking New York nigga. Giants. What the fuck is going on here? Mm -hmm. nah. <laughs> These niggas went and grabbed ba uh, the nigga from Baylor, which don't get me wrong, that was a good program, but they gave a brand new nigga a new opportunity. Um, and who the fuck knows where Kingsbury and LaFleur came from? But anyway. Oh, yeah, give me one uh, second. One second, one second. Go ahead. Yo, finish your point. It's still recording. All right, so anyway, who the fuck knows where uh, Kingsbury and LaFleur came from? But the point is, like, they had a nigga in Eric Bieniemy who was clearly interested in a head coaching position and clearly qualified. Nigga had the best motherfucking offense in the whole NFL. These Bulls just won a ring this year, and they didn't do too bad the year before that either. But he wasn't considered for no position. So a lot of people was pointing that out throughout the offseason. And what it came down to was they, they updated the Rooney rule. And that was what the rule was that required the, uh, the black dudes to be interviewed. They updated it. So um, they basically updated it in order to in incentivize teams to, to get more uh, minorities in the front. Yeah, my bad, Broski. <laughs> it, it gave me a little bit of time to find what I was looking for. All right. Anyway, uh, so basically, I'm going to read this. I'm going to just read it verbatim. Uh, at the moment, the Rooney Rule, which is named after former Steelers owner Dan Rooney, requires NFL teams to interview at least one minority candidate for any head coach or senior football operations position. Its purpose 
is ostensibly to ensure that minorities receive consideration for coaching and front office positions. But in the current NFL, which is more than 70% non-white, there are only four non-white head coaches and two non-white general managers. Additionally, three of the most recent 20 head coaching vacancies have been filled by coaches of color, including one of five during the 2020 offseason. So basically they're saying like, nigga, it's like 70% black and, and Spanish people playing football. So why is there only, uh, what is three out of 20? Uh, three out of 20? Yeah, what's three out of 20? 15%? 15%. Yeah, so why is there only 15% in, in high front office positions? So they say to incentivize teams to interview and hire more minority coaches and front office members. Now, this is the part that I kind of want you to react to, so let me just roll through this. Uh, incentivize the teams to interview and hire more minority coaches and front office members. The league is set to propose the following changes. Uh, double the number of candidate interviews required to fulfill the Rooney rule, i.e. teams must interview at least two minority candidates instead of Ooh. one. Right? Yeah. Okay. Next one. Uh, they will require the Rooney rule to also apply to coordinator positions in addition to the head coaching position. Because uh, up until now, it only applied to one specific fucking position. Uh, three, from the end of the regular season through March 1st, they will disallow teams from blocking assistant coaches from interviewing with other teams for bona fide coordinator positions, uh, i.e. offensive, defensive, special teams coordinators, basically. Uh, any dispute regarding the bona fides of such a position will be settled by Commissioner Roger Goodell. So basically they're saying that, during the off season, when they usually have it restricted for niggas to be talking to other teams, they are gonna go ahead and let niggas talk to yeah, other teams. Talk so that, teams. Yeah, so I, that hopefully some of these low ranking black people have the opportunity to at least get to know some of these high ranking white people. All right, um, so uh, all right, is that is that the only three three changes? Fuck no. All right, the next one, they will award a fifth round compensatory pick to any team whose minority assistant leaves to become a coordinator for another team. And they will award a third-round compensatory pick to any team, minority coach, or front office member who leaves to become a head coach or a general manager for another team. They will also award a fourth-round compensatory pick to any team that hires a person of color as its quarterback coach if it retains that coach beyond one season. They will also, any team that hires the minority head coach will move up six spots from its allocated third-round pick during the draft prior to that coach's second season. Also, any team that hires a person of color as its senior football executive, i.e. general manager or president of football ops, uh, will move up 10 spots in the third round during the draft prior to that executive's second season. And then lastly, if the aforementioned coach or executive remains with the team for a third season, that team would move up five spots in the fourth round during the draft prior to that third season. So, uh, to sum that all, wow. up. okay. So essentially, <laughs> they're double. They're, they're tell, so essentially, they're telling you that you need the double number of candidates that you're trying to hire. You have to actually hire. You have to actually interview candidates for well, people, more you don't positions. Have to do shit. You don't have yeah. to do shit. Not one well, nah, nah, but they said. But they're saying that you have to actually double the number. Double the number of interviews for, for head coach. Mm -hmm. You have to actually interview people for lower level positions, you know. And then also you get incentives 
to actually hire, you know. <sighs> or let your black guys go get positions at other places. Yeah. See, in that sense, that's interesting in itself because I can see that definitely being abused in some cases. But all right. No, 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 no. <laughs> I just don't fuck with it. I don't fuck. The, I don't fuck with the second portion, of it, the incentivizing part, part portion of it, because obviously, you know what I mean. Like, it's gonna happen, and I understand. Like, you know, you're pretty much like, you know, getting the team owners to actually buy in to actually doing this. But obviously, man, it opens it up for abuse in a sense. You know, obviously, like, you know, you get good incentives for this, but you know, it's kind of that same view that people get for, have are gonna have for affirmative action and shit like that. I kind of already see this kind of playing out, you know what I mean? Because, you know, if teams are moving up in the draft and changing the spots just because they hire certain people and shit like that, you know, it may not necessarily be something that we see publicly, but I know at least within the ranks, within the guys that are used to that power structure, within the good old boys that are actually in the league right now, they're not going to really fuck with that shit, man. And, you know, certain guys like, you know, go on that track, you know, they say like, you know, for a few years you move up in the draft and stuff like that. A few teams are actually going to be – obviously, some teams are going to benefit from this. And uh, a lot of people – Are gonna pretty much people going to benefit from this? Well, yeah, I, th- I think so because obviously the guys that end up in those positions, they're going to benefit, right? So, you know, the, 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 short, the short-term positive is more, more black people are going to get interviewed and hired and shit like that. Uh, and I think that was probably one of the, the upsides of the Rooney Rule initially because, you know, you had – guys that were getting interviewed for coaching positions that probably wouldn't even got interviewed at all. But then you realize that, oh, damn, all right, he may not necessarily be our head coach, but we may want to hire him as a coordinator. So with the, with the second part of the rule that they actually added, that's cool because that puts guys more on track to get those jobs. And I fucks with that. You know what I mean? Like, I like seeing, like, you know, a nigga like Deuce Daly be, like, our fucking running back coach and shit like that, you know? He was with the team, you know what I mean, for a while. And it's kind of nice that, you know, not only, like, you know, was he the man as a player, but then also he's part and part of the staff. And then, like, you know, he's helping actually, you know, bring along the team, keep the culture here and shit like that. I love that shit, you know what I mean? Keeping things consistent. Uh, so I'd like to see more of a – I'd like to see more – I guess more of a local type of thing, right? Like, you know, so, like, it'd, be, it'd definitely be dope, you know, for the Eagles to, like, hire, like, a fucking Bryant Dawkins to be, like, you know, the coach of our secondary and shit like that, right? Like – I like to see that done more, at least on a local level. I think that that happens to be more effective. Uh, you know, incentivizing teams to, to to fucking. I mean, what it comes down to me, to me, to me is this: like, yeah, cool, incentivize motherfuckers, right? That's what's up. But it's sad because at the end of the day, why do we have to go through so much to get you to just hire the best fucking person for the position? And that's what I want. That's what is ideal in this whole thing: just hire the best person for the position. And you can't tell me that in a league where 70% black men, or sorry, not 70% black men, but 70% black and Hispanic men, uh, that there's no possible way that more than 15% of black men should be in the position of communicating and leading those. Uh, sorry, I got to stop saying black, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, there's no reason that the leadership should be so disproportionate to the whole body of it. And if that is the case, then there's no way that that could be the most efficient way of doing things. So like I said, the best way to, the best way is to just hire the best person for the position. And the fact that this has to get done in order for niggas to hire the best person for the position, 
this this doesn't seem like the way of getting the best person for the position at all. This just uh, seems like a way of getting more black people in the office. But I'm not against it, man. Because honestly, mean, it's, 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 a, it's a means to an end. But I think put it this way, it's a means to an end. But I feel like they're just checking boxes, right? I don't feel I don't feel like you know they're pretty much just saying you know they're not making the the, the, the actual point that hey man listen. And you're not necessarily even saying that, hey, man, 70% of your black office, if you're a black office, 70% <laughs> of your back office should be black, right? Nah, that's not the case at all. Because uh, granted, you know, you got some motherfuckers that go to school just to coach, right? You know what I mean? Like, you know, you look at the motherfucker like, you know, uh, the coach of fucking uh, the Rams and shit like that, right? That motherfucker would, that nigga, this nigga literally graduated, was in college, played. I decided, hey, man, fuck it, dog. I'm going to go and be a coach, man. Fuck trying to get to the league. You know what I mean? I'm going to just play. And I'm, gonna be, I'm a coach, and this is going to be me. And I, I feel that. Uh, I did that you know, but you he, can't tell me he wasn't a quarterback at one point, just like every other coach, too. Yeah, 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 definitely. Definitely. Uh, so, I mean, but, you know, my, my big emphasis, you know, always, like, you know, as anything, I want to see more former players actually having those roles. Then again, I mean, you do want the eggheads, you know, those guys that do, like, you know, that, the analytics, the guys that study – that love and have a passion enough for the sports to actually find their way to work and do that, which is great. But obviously you want to see a thing with former players. Uh, the only things with the incentives, uh, being too heavy handed with the incentives, I think that's going to just lead to a bunch of uh, dismissing a people's success further down the line. Uh, you know, oh man. Yeah, man. I got a master's degree, man. Yeah. You only got it because of fucking affirmative action. Now, be that bad as it may, not true, but you know, Motherfuckers are gonna try to diminish motherfuckers just because, you know, there is, there, there, there's a system built to actually make them more successful. Uh, it's well, a step in the right direction. I don't think it's the right step. I don't have the solution. Just, just you know, just to let niggas know. As far as that affirmative action, <laughs> as far as that affirmative action thing, I've heard it. I've heard the point made, and it's a very good point to me that mm -hmm. affirmative action was created and is used mainly by women. And mainly by women who belong to uh, families that have white men in them. So on some real shit, yeah, you could say it's affirmative action, but at the end of the day, like affirmative action is just supposed to be simulating due process, supposedly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's only in lack of due process. So yeah, you can't really give affirmative action any credit. If anything, affirmative action just points out the fact that it's all fucked up. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but, I mean, but, but that's the thing, like, so, but, you know, but, but inputting systemic, systemic procedures to actually change those institutions, you know, like, you know, does that actually solve the problem? Uh, I think it, I think it, it hurts just as much as it helps. Let's just say that, you know what I mean? So, like, it, addre it addresses the problem, but I don't think it's addressing the key problem. I think it's just pretty much just like putting like an artificial, you know, hinge, I don't know, something artificial put in place to kind of like, you know, make something naturally that should be coming to coming to coming to coming to pass happen period so you it's know it's a band-aid basically that's how you yeah it's, it. it's not it's, yeah yes and no it's not really a band-aid it's just fucking i don't know it's like <laughs> yeah let's just say that just to, just to make a point yeah it's a band-aid to 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 even more but it's it's putting a band-aid on a fucking cold let's just say that you know what i mean so yeah it doesn't stop <laughs> anything it doesn't help anything. <laughs> It's, it's, it's just, putting a band-aid, it's putting a band-aid on a gash, you know what I mean? Like, you yeah. know, you're not solving the problem. You're not fucking like stitching the shit up. You're not, you're not you're treating just, it. You know what I mean? You're just really you know, fucking. You're just showing that you're acknowledging it and that, you know, <laughs> you <would> like. <laughs> I, I try, I try, I tried. You know what I mean? Granted, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's not, it's not the NFL's job. I mean, I'm pretty sure Roger Goodell, 
doesn't want to spend like you know all of his day pretty much like you know yelling and arguing with teams in back you know back back offices just to make sure motherfuckers get hired like you know what I mean like that's not that's not in his interest I don't think a lot of black motherfuckers even want to do that shit you know what I mean so <laughs> just to be honest you know what I mean so arguing with 30 teams just to try to get them to get their medium minimums for fucking hiring and shit like that nah that's you don't want to be involved in every single step of the, the way of the process but I don't know you want people to kind of come to those mis- decisions organically but I guess you know this is just pretty much just saying that it's not gonna, you know, th- this is what they're doing in lieu of that happening. So, yeah, but, but some of them niggas do though. Like, just because you don't want to fight, and just because some niggas don't want to fight, that don't mean that it's not worth fighting, and that don't mean that the niggas who do want to fight shouldn't be fighting. Yeah, some niggas but fight, the niggas bro. at the top, the, the niggas at the top right now don't want to fight. You know what I mean, Roger Goodell just secured a new contract. I don't think he's, you know, what I mean, he's not do ready. Eric Bannemi want to fight? Do Eric Bannemi want to fight? I don't know. Maybe you should ask him. Uh, Let's get him on. <laughs> Let's get him on eh? Who's in charge of that? Who, who, who's, who's in charge of that department? No, no, no we'll, we'll figure, we'll out figure it out. You know what I mean? Whoever that person is called out today. So, but, uh, send him an invite real quick. Pop on in. Yeah, bro. Hop on the Zoom call, Eric. Oh, What's <laughs> but, uh, but, all right. All right. But just, uh, all right. So, Adam Silver, right? He announced yeah. yesterday that the NBA is likely to be coming back on July 31st. Okay. So there have been a bunch of ideas of, like, you know, getting guys to fucking, uh, you know, to come back under what, you know, what should the format look like for them coming back. So uh, a lot of people have been talking about this whole thing about them reseeding, you know, 1 through 16 for the playoffs. Or, you know, another thing I've been talking about them having, like, play-in tournaments and shit like that. But, you know, a lot of niggas, like, you know, Dame, Damian Lillard saying that he pretty much doesn't want to come back if he doesn't have a chance of making the playoffs and shit like that. So. Uh, there's been a lot of ideas of different formats. So one th- format that I was thinking is that. Wait, so, wait. Let me just uh, let me just uh, add something to that. He actually uh, did an interview like two days after that, or a day after that, when he he clarified his statement and basically said, for all of those people who are in the hunt, yeah, it's somewhat worth it for those people, like myself, like me and my team. We're in the hunt. We want to be there. Obviously, for the people in the playoffs, they are playing for something. I'm saying he was basically saying. I'm saying that there's no, there's no motivation for the people who aren't playing for anything to play. So don't require them to play. It's probably like the niggas, like the Hawks. What's the Hawks playing for right now? Why, why is the Hawks in danger and they allow us to be in this? Like, so yeah, just skip that shit. But at the same time, like, yeah. Nah, niggas, it's just, so this is contracts a lot of money, man. Like the thing is, I know teams, they talking about money. They talking about yeah, money. He's talking yeah. about competition. Yeah. He's at the day. But go ahead. Let me let you continue. Uh, so I think w- one idea that I had is that you bring everybody back to play because obviously, like, you know, the team's got to hit those minimums that of games just to actually get, the, I guess, the local TV money and shit like that. So that secures the bag. Uh, so I guess, man, like, you know, if you're one of those teams that are out of it, at least, man, you come back and you secure your bag. So, like, you know, you, you bring all 30 teams back, you hit the minimum of games, and that's that. One idea that I had was that, you know, instead of just them having 16 teams going to the playoffs, you make it worth the other teams wild and kind of working with those teams in the hunt and you actually have a 20 team playoff. So what you do is you have, you know, I guess you kind of do the same format that you would have 16 teams actually playing in the bracket. But I think with those teams that are actually like, you know, was it number, uh, I say number 13, thir- nah, I say number teams, number like 14 through 20, they have a fucking play in tournament and like single game elimination just to try to, 
earn those 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 last spots, you know, those bottom spots at the you know at the bottom of the fucking bracket and shit like that. I don't think that's far. I don't think that's fair at all. What do you mean? Because typically, the, the, like you know, the bottom, the bottom, what is it? The bottom two teams. Because typically, like if you look at the the standings right now, right, the East is pretty wrapped up. You know what I mean for the most part. But if you look at the West, you know, but, but, see, but see, 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 like see seven through ten. To it. The Wizards yeah. are still looking to knock out the, uh, Orlando, and I think there might be another team that I'm forgetting right there too that has a chance to knock out Orlando. Yeah, so you let the you let the teams that are in the hunt, you know, pretty much go at each other and like eliminate each other, you know. Yeah, no, I'm cool with that. But what about 14? Well, yeah, what about uh, 11? The seeds, 11. Oh, through 16, I guess on each side. 11 through 15 on each side, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I think I they, like those niggas got nothing to play for, if anything, because it sounded to me like you just said that those niggas deserve the opportunity to, 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 to get at one of them other niggas that we were talking about. But I don't think they deserve nothing. Uh, I don't think they. <laughs> I don't think. No, no, no. Like if, if you, a lot of your teams, obviously, you're really only coming to show up just to play, just to fucking you know meet the minimums for your fucking TV deal and shit like that, right? So I would say, it, 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 like a lot of people say it's not worth it, but I, I think I think it is worth it in the sense that you know what I mean, fuck man, like you know. <laughs> niggas need money, man. Niggas need to get paid. You know what I mean? So, and if it's not just the players themselves, you know what I mean? The staffs for these teams, the fucking, like, you know, the motherfuckers actually work at the stadiums. Like, that money has to be secured at least just to get, get these guys their money. How they get their money, you know, whether, you know, if you, if you force the owners to actually have to pay these guys until the season's done, you know, that's another, that's another story in itself. But I think you at least get that money because you have a collective bargain agreement either way. You know what I mean? So, yeah. And then, like, you know, just so you know, like a lot of players, their money is being withheld. Like, you know, like they actually withhold money from players at the beginning of the season just in the yeah. event that the season doesn't finish and shit like that. So you need to actually secure your bag. I uh, think you're talking about money too much, and I think you're not talking about the pandemic enough. The pandemic? You know? And I also think you're not talking yeah. about – Well, no, well, the, well, with the pandemic, I mean, this is all based on the assumption that, you know, they, they create the bubble, the campus, so, so to speak, that, you know, they, they can't. And they can do this shit, you know what I mean? So they got to, they got to, they gotta, you know, this shit that they can throw at this and shit like that, you know what I mean? So this is, this is not 100% risk-free. It, I mean, nothing's 100% risk-free, but you don't, you don't, you don't think that, you know, they, can, they can't get this within like an, <laughs> a very large margin of error. Well, a small margin of error with all this shit. So. You think I have faith in men? Faith in men? Yeah. No, but I, I think, I think mistakes happen every day, my my dude. No, I don't. I don't. I don't. So, all right. So so that's so that's it. They should just end the season. Anything can become a disaster. So no no season then, right? So just end it. Chalk it. Anything can become a disaster. I, I listen. I'm not. I'm not invested. I'm not a player. But I'm just saying, like, there's people who don't have anything to play for. There's individuals like even even the nigga Joe Ingles was like, well, why would I endanger my family? It's, it's just basketball, dude. Like seriously. Like we good, it's okay. We can wait. And you know what? Okay, he, ain't so, wrong. he ain't making. So, okay. ain't so we should. So they should end the. So they should end the season then. Huh? So should, should they just end the season? No, I don't know. Basketball till next year. It, it's, listen, it's not on me, but I think that there's <laughs> players. There's players who don't want to play, and there's okay. some players that do want to. There's some players that don't want to play, but I don't think that like, uh, like, like I said, I'm not against it or for it. 
I just think that you can't say like, all right, it's, it's completely risk free. But I was just criticizing like how you came about with your explanation, because the only thing that you were saying was is money, money, money. And I was thinking like, yeah, there's a lot of people who are concerned about money, 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 but a lot of people who aren't concerned about the money at all right now. And uh, a lot yeah, of those well, people players and the coaches and the motherfucking people you actually need to conduct these games. So that's all. I'm not saying that is it should or shouldn't happen. I was just saying like, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I don't think that like there's a lot of people who would have to go out of their way and endanger themselves and endanger their families and change their complete way of living just to make this happen and pull this off. And I don't see everybody being 100% excited about it. So I don't know how you're going to go about this, but it's not going to – to me, like if it was me, if I did have control of the whole situation, I would probably give their – I would probably give a a little tournament for the hunt, make a little quick tournament. Not quick, though, because we all want to burn time. It's all about burning time. So a tournament for the hunt and then every single seven-game series. And then if there's still games owed, so probably figure out some other tourney we could have that wouldn't necessarily include all the bullshit teams, but that would include only the teams that matter just to give some, just to put something on the TV. But there's, there's ways you could put something on the TV that don't have to involve the people that don't need to be involved. Like you could just keep the people who are actually going to be there for the long run involved. Like, fuck it. We can have another all-star weekend, bro. I don't think nobody would be opposed to that. We could have another couple things. But I don't think that, like, if there's if there's literally half of the league that could just stay home and not have nothing to do with it, yeah, why not? Okay. So, 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 so essentially just, like, cut it down to the, the essential team, so to speak. So, yeah, like, basically, you know, so. if you like, try to. I could, uh, I could uh, benefit the world with doing that. So, I mean, I, I don't disagree, but I think, all right, the main reason why, why I lean on the financial aspect of it all is because, you know, obviously, you know, that, that's that's the only reason this is being done anyway, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, but you know. financial <laughs> aspect of it all is never going to tell you to do anything other than make it happen and make a way to yeah, play. Exactly. That's, so, because so, I honestly, you know, if, if nobody stands the game from actually playing, you know, then fuck it. You know what I mean? But motherfuckers actually want to play. So I think I, I was just mentioning that for the teams that, you know, that, like you said, aren't necessarily really motivated to actually come back. You know what I mean? So maybe, you know, you got to, you know, coming back just to secure your bag, whether you play two or three games, you know, that, that's, that's one thing in itself. Uh, as far as actually having the, the, the tournament, the play-in tournament and shit like that, I feel like those guys in the bubble should actually be given an opportunity to at least try to play, you know what I mean? Try to play, come back and play and play in, you know. Uh, like I said, all this assuming that, you know, because money's involved and people are going to make these things happen, people want to find a way to make these things happen and make them happen safely. Uh I just seen like over the past few weeks, like a ton of ton of safety measures is happening and shit like that. Like these thermal cameras for like when you enter buildings and shit taking your temperature, that's just real. You know what I mean? That's actually gonna happen. You know what I mean? This contact tracing shit with on the apps and motherfuckers like, you know, tracking who's sick on the phone and shit like that, you know, that shit's definitely like very, very underway right now. So I mean, there is a capability to be able to do this. Uh obviously there's still room for error, still margin of it for error for people. But, you know, if niggas want to do it, I guess that's the one thing, you know. I'm not saying that they need to trot niggas out to play basketball if they don't want to play, but the niggas actually want to play and they can play and they can play safely, then I think niggas probably should play. I mean, if they don't want to play, obviously don't. 
you know? Yeah. Uh, well, I'm just looking at it from the perspective of niggas who is like, look, I got a family. I done had two or three months to sit here and stare at them in their face. I'm a millionaire, so I'm not hurting for shit. And we all happy and safe. And we seeing people around us dying. And we feel grateful. Do I want to play? Nah, dog. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you don't, you don't have to, but I mean, I, th- I, th- I, I think that's the thing. Yeah. I play with my kids, nigga. I play with my fucking brother. You know, like, there's, there's certain niggas that's more competitive than others. Don't get me wrong. There's certain much. No. I mean, in this in this walk of life right now at this stage. But, nah, I don't know. I don't think that 100 people are in on it, though. Yeah. You said you don't think 100% of people are in on it or 100 people are in on it? No, no sorry. I don't think that 100% of people are in on it. No, nah, nah, definitely not. I mean, you even see what's going on out here, man. You know, you know, people are fucking upset that, you know, well, and that's the thing, right? These are, these are, these are the basketball players. These are the NBA players. These motherfuckers like millionaire, you know, six figure niggas, niggas, shit like that. You know what I mean? They are, right. uh, I, you know, I just think about like, you know, the motherfuckers that are opening back up right now, you know, motherfuckers putting themselves in danger just to fucking go, you know, sell niggas some coffee or just to fucking, you know, stock shelves or, you know, Serving them a coffee restaurant and shit like that. Bro, them coffee niggas was always out here. <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts so, never down, bro. Dunkin' Donuts was open the whole time. So, but I think that's, you know, a lot, like a lot of these places that are, you know, kind of forcing the issue to open. And they, you know, there's a lot of places that don't really want to follow guidelines and shit like that, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's funny. I was, I was talking to, like, uh, one of our buddies yesterday, and they were just talking about, like, you know, the restaurant that we go to really often. And he says, you know, it's the owners, and he's saying how, like, you know, they're on the fence of whether or not they want to open up because they don't know whether or not it's worth it for them to invest in like getting the PPE for their employees to actually be able to fucking work and shit like that. And, you know, they don't want to compromise yeah. their product by having people just come. They don't want to compromise their product by having people just to kind of like, just come in and only do pickups. Like they want people to actually be able to kind of sit inside and have like, you know, the experience. But at the end of the day though, you still want to keep your business. You know what I mean? You still want to keep the door open because you know, you lose your money every day that this shit's going on. So, you know, Either, you know, if, if you want to open up, you want to find a way to open up, then I guess you'll probably have to do everything you need to do to open up. But if it's not worth it to you, then you'll just kind of just wait the shit out. You know what I mean? So if you're doing all right, you know. But I guess a lot of these measures are really expensive. But I guess when it comes down to safety, how safe do people want to be for their money, you know, to secure a living? You know what I mean? Like, how much, how much risk are people really well, willing to take to make a living? Uh, how much risk should you have to take to make a living? Uh, it's a pandemic, bro. <laughs> so we doing what we got to do out there. Um, yeah. So, so man, so man, that stated, man. You know what I mean? The niggas out there protesting and rioting. You know what I mean? I can run in Best Buy and get me a couple 4K TVs and often jump on eBay. Listen, I'm doing what I got to do out here. I'm a terrible person. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, but I think, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Well, man, I probably fucked you up. <laughs> yeah, that fucking <laughs> podcast. <laughs> All right. Podcast. Yo, that really did fucking me up, bro. <laughs> All right. Anyway, podcast review. Uh, this is a podcast called My Funeral Home Stories. This fucking uh, kid. This kid was raised in a funeral home. His dad was a motherfucking, uh, you know, whatever that shit is called, the Undertaker. So this kid's fucked. He's really fucked. And it was crazy as I knew a nigga like this. I, I know a nigga like this. I party with a nigga like this. And he is one of the most charismatic motherfuckers I've ever met in my life. And he is an amazing person. Good leader. Shout out to my nigga. 
Shout out to my nigga. Should I say his name? Sure, man. Sure. Shout out to my nigga I Dollar Sign. Anyway, uh, so he told me his pop, you know, was an undertaker or whatever. His pop was a funeral director or whatever, the, whatever the fuck it is. And I'm like, damn, that's some crazy shit. But they ain't never told me no details behind it. So this podcast is wild. This boy tells you all of the shit, man. Just be imagine being a young boy and they telling you like how to comb the hair. You know what I'm saying? How to put the how to baby, apply baby baby mortician dog. It's like kind of crazy, man. Bro, yeah. So this shit is called my funeral home stories. Uh, check it out if you want nightmares. Um, <laughs> all right, my pack, my, my podcast review of the week is uh, fucking trained by Nike. Uh, our sponsors, uh, <laughs> but uh, shit. I wish, nigga. Fuck that sneaker, that nigga. I catch L's three days, three days a week off. Fuck yeah. So, but uh, you know, too? you know what else too? I buy things. They was on my fucking shit. I disrespect shit too because I buy things off of their website and they ship them two weeks after I buy them and they don't give me no goddamn tracking number ever. And then I fucking um, thank God I actually receive any of them shits. And then by the time I want to receive them, I swear to God I want to return them bitches. But you know how it is. You know how it is. So yeah, fuck Nike. Anyways, yeah. they give me no control as a buyer. They give me no control as a buyer. And, and fuck your podcast that talks about you know interviewing people that are really healthy and going through fucking like you know training techniques, man. Niggas don't need that shit, man. Niggas need to get oh, that yeah. shit next day. Fuck the training. <laughs> Who the fuck needs free knowledge about how to take care of their body and their health? Fuck, <laughs> fuck y'all. Fuck y'all. Fuck y'all. Doing discipline to motherfuckers. Who needs that? Uh, also, honorable mention, Bobby Hundreds has a podcast called This Is Not A Podcast, where he interviews people in the industry and how they came into it and shit like that. So uh, that's actually a really good listen, too. That's, so. a, that's a good name. That's a good name. That's a good name. Did Bobby Hundreds uh, create Hundreds? Yeah, he's a he's a hundred clothing line, you know what I mean? And with the bomb on the t shirts and shit like that. So, so. I know hundreds, I don't know Bobby though. That's what's up. Nah, he's got he's got a book out, man. It's actually it's actually really nice really nice, man. It's, was it, the, the, the book's called This Is Not a T shirt. <laughs> is it a coffee table so, book? Yeah, it is, but then again, uh I see that jar. Yeah, they of course they are. They saw him at fucking Urban Outfitter. All of them. Yeah. Um <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, so Anything else, my nigga? Uh, let's get in the shout-outs, man. Wrap this genre up real quick, man. All right. Um, the credits and shit like that. I'll start off with uh, Stack Jack. Shout-out to you. Yeah, my nigga, yo, listen. You get on you get on the camera and you cry. You know what I'm saying? You get on the camera and you cry. That's, that's real nigga shit right there. I'm just trying to get on the camera. I'm struggling with just... Just telling the truth on a motherfucking camera. <laughs> Let alone being, you know, what I mean, being being honest and transparent on camera. That's yeah, that's like, hard. Like crying, like really crying and shit. So yes, shout out to Stack Jack. Uh, and then uh, I'm not going. I'm not going to blame you if you if you create a race war, bro. Yeah, I'm not going to blame you for that because I, I mean, honestly, nobody can tell you how to feel, bro, and mm-hmm. nobody can tell you what to say. Nobody, nobody can tell you what to say. And yeah. you ain't tell nobody to do nothing, man. You just say how you felt, man. So, you know, mm-hmm. niggas do with it what they will. You know what I mean? He said so, they ain't going to understand until they lose one of theirs. That's all. Yeah. And he, he's not wrong. <laughs> I mean, but. He's not uh, wrong, bro. He's not wrong. Uh, oh, you take it. Oh, you take it. Yeah. Uh, shouts out to Killer Mike. Uh, I guess, you know, in, in counter programming. Granted, he made like uh, last night in Atlanta, he made a very passionate speech. 
about the actions they're taking, what's going on right now. Uh, so, Killer Mike, I don't know, man. Like, throughout all of this, uh, not even just all of this, I, I got to say over the past, like, five, six years, I mean, his activity and what he's been doing in public and a lot of things that he's been saying has actually been really positive. Uh, you know, pretty much just talking about, like, you know, how, how you go from destroying your community to building it back up and how you deal with uh, people and, you know, I guess, and, and higher power structures and shit like that. So, uh, so shout out to you. Uh, if anybody gets a chance, man, well, you probably already been inundated with a speech and everything by now, but, you know, shout out to him just for fucking, you know, using his platform to be positive and trying to, like, you know, help cooler heads prevail and shit. So. Word. Um, shout out to uh, George Quentin. Mm-hmm. Uh that was oh, the, yeah. That song. That shit was fire. That shit was fire, hey, bro. I listened to that whole album. I've been listening <laughs> to that album since then, bro. That shit hard, man. That shit was super fire. He got a vibe, bro. Every track sound that same way. <laughs> so, yeah, Clinton. I listened to the Slide album. Uh, but, yeah, he on some different shit. I fuck with Ball, though. I really fuck with Ball. Uh, yeah. Uh, shouts out to uh, Don Tolliver, actually. So I was giving his, uh, his latest album. They actually made a chop the screw version of his latest album. Uh, but I gave that another listen. But, you know, his debut album is actually pretty nice, man. So uh, definitely good addition for fucking, I guess, Travis Scott and the Cactus Jack crew and shit. But he's actually an artist in his own right. The whole shit down on his own. And the funny thing, he's a young nigga, but, man, he be talking like old ass shit. I mean, so that's that's, that's kind of cool, man. So shouts out to you. Great album. Keep him coming, man. Yeah. Um, shout outs out to all of the crazy motherfuckers I follow on Twitter. Cause this week I saw uh, a nigga get killed. I saw a nigga kill himself. I saw a nigga put a, a, a what is it called when when it spins around with the chicken? Rotisserie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched the nigga put a rotisserie chicken in front of a fucking flock of chickens on his farm and watch wow. them all go in, fighting the shit out of each other to fucking eat that chicken, bro. Wow, really? Yeah, that shit was fucked up, bro. Wow. Shit was, um, that shit make me not even want to eat eggs no more, my nigga. <laughs> Damn. Uh, so yeah, shout out to my uh, the people that I follow on Twitter. I love y'all niggas. <laughs> Shouts out to Wilt Chamberlain, man. Yo, that nigga real as shit. Yeah, dog. Yeah, you, you watched that interview I sent you, man? Oh, my God. I, could, I ain't watched the whole thing. I ain't finished it, but I swear to God, I'm going to finish it, bro. Yo, oh. nah, dog. Yo, straight up, man. Just, just kind of just seeing his, uh, his, his, you know, his point of view. But it's funny it's how, like, all... It's the demeanor. It's, it's demeanor. I mean, it's very, very, very candid, man. Very candid and casual, man. So, uh, That's a black millionaire for you, bro. For real, for real. But just his view on, like, you know, when he's talking about, like, basketball in the 80s and how he's saying, like, damn, man, if I was playing right now, man, I'd be beasting all these niggas right now. It's just funny how, like, <laughs> it's just funny how every generation of basketball players says the same shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, but those are, ba- those are basketball players, though. Like, that's how that shit go down. Like, they're just a competitive breed of individuals. So, to me, I feel like if I did anything to a super high level that required, you know, just mainly physical prowess, and then, obviously, as I as I watch other motherfuckers grow at it, and I watch myself diminish at it, I'll be sitting there looking at it like, nigga, if I was still up there, nigga, I'd be busting your ass, nigga. You ain't doing it half as good as I was doing it, nigga. Like, <laughs> that's the nature of it. That's the nature of the beast, bro. 
That's the nature of the beast. But uh, shout right. out to him. And not even just the basketball shit. Like, you know, when he was talking about, like, you know, shit that he does, how he just be dipping out, how he'll just take a drive and just decide to fucking just, like, you know, drive cross, cross country or, you know, <laughs> the shit that he does in his leisure is pretty interesting. You know what I mean? Uh, so that, yeah, so great interviews, man. Great guys, man. Word. And, and, and I saw I saw another interview with him and Bill Russell and like how they fucking interact with the shit like that. I just kind of kind of fucking. They was actually friends, like friends. Yeah, friends. yeah. I mean, Bill Russell took him under the wing, and he in turn took Kareem Abdul-Jabbar under the wing. But then the thing is, I guess like you know, is you know, I guess Kareem kind of came from up under the wing, and they kind of had a thing going. <laughs> yeah, so he's like, all right, dog, whatever, man. He was like, I ain't little like you niggas. He's like, man, I, I love you and all, man, but you know what I mean. Whatever. <laughs> That's still my man's, but I'm still better than him. He playing laser. Huh? Well, still yeah, alive, right? Yeah, dog, man. Yo, basketball players, man, they fucking live forever. Basketball man. players live forever, bro. <laughs> no, so, good ass. Kobe faked his death, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> yo, for real. So, like, ain't nobody dead from the basketball community except for, like, two niggas that, like, that probably killed themselves. Well, I know Moses Malone. He passed a few years ago, so. But yeah, but he, Moses, he was, he was he was struggling with some things though, so. Yeah, Moses was going through it for a while. Um, but yeah. Anyway, uh, I want to shout out my nigga uh, Chad. I had like the most heated argument I've ever had in my fucking adult life with this nigga the other day about Michael Jordan. It was amazing. <laughs> Motherfucker. Oh, this nigga was like, you watched that Jordan doc, that MJ doc? I was like, nah, I ain't watched that shit. But I'm real intimately, like, you know, connected to a lot of the details from it. But no, nah, I didn't watch it. I'm going to watch it. He was like, yeah, I suggest you watch it. And I'm like, all right, yeah, that's cool. I was like, I heard a lot, though. Honestly, man, I, it made me not like him as much, man. I feel like Boy was a bully. And this nigga basically just, just had to go in on me because I felt like man. Jordan was a bully. And the only thing I kept saying was, man, he's a bully, though. That's just not how I would do things. This is not me. That's not – he like nigga, that's why you ain't an NBA nigga. <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah, but da 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 da. He like, yeah, it can't be a bitch though. And I'm like, yeah, but you know. And it was just like, eventually it became mad personal. It was fun, uh, but yeah, that was a heated ass discussion. Heated ass discussion. Uh, eventually, eventually, I was like, nigga, I ain't talking about this shit with you no more. I didn't already told you three or four times. Da 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 da. And then the nigga finally, the nigga was like, wait, so you talking on the court or off the court? I was like, man, I ain't talking about this shit. When the fuck have I ever approached something in my life from an on the court perspective, bro? What the fuck are you <laughs> Like, seriously. So, yeah, shout out Chad. I love that nigga. Oh, yeah, because shout him out because I talked to him the very next day and was like, yeah, yeah, da 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 like, like, yeah, that's my nigga. I can have the biggest argument I ever had and then, like, not take none of it personal. Yeah, man, y'all niggas brothers, man. Yeah. Exactly. I know you for a long ass time. You knew that nigga way before you knew me. So y'all, y'all niggas. <laughs> so, uh, shouts out to. Why not forget to get a shout out? I promise you, man, you're still important, dog. I just forgot your name for a second. <laughs> you better uh, not cut that, nigga. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> but nah, yeah. I'm gonna shout out. Uh, I guess it's a brand actually. A uh, uh, brand of fucking. Uh, whiskey and shit like that fucking uncle nearest uh it's funny man apparently this is like a black owned whiskey company uh yeah. and it's actually it was it was founded yeah. yeah it was it was founded by the nigga that taught jack daniels 
how to fucking make whiskey and shit like that. So it's founded by the slave that taught Jack Daniels how to make whiskey. Jack Daniels took this nigga's recipe, went and flipped that shit, became fucking billion trillionaire all times over and shit. So shout out to Uncle Nears, you know what I mean? Getting his roses and shit like that. Getting Cop his money that now. Stores near you. Cop that shit. Um, yeah, cop that shit. Damn, that's crazy. We can't do nothing out here without a nigga trying to take it well. No, without a fucking an oppressor trying to take it from us. Glad I chose my words wisely there. Um, uh, you got another shout out? Um, you shout, you shout out a shout outs? Shout out to you, bro. To me? Yeah, man. Shout out to you. You a real one, bro. Oh, but consistency. Well, I mean, we out here, been doing this for a little while. We're going to be doing this for a minute, man. This shit don't come as easy with everybody, bro. So, shout out to you, bro. Hey, man. Well, thank you, man. Shout out to you, man, for keeping me inspired to do this shit. And uh, I don't know, man. And, yo, actually, man, we, we're going to actually have that pod, man. Coming up soon, guys. You know what I mean? The the <laughs> How season two of this shit's going to look, you know what I mean? So, I actually look forward to actually having that discussion. Uh, hopefully we had that this weekend. I don't know. It's just a lot to uncover this weekend. So we're going to be back in it tomorrow. Uh, well, I guess for you guys, it'll probably be tomorrow. Or probably next week. Y'all get to this weekend either way. So, But uh, <laughs> the last shout-out, actually. All right, here we go. I'm going to try to do some flash shit here, actually. Uh, let's see, see what we got here. All right. Let's start it up here. Let me know if you hear this. Oh, my nigga. Go ahead. I don't hear shit. I see it now, though. Oh, you don't hear it? Go ahead, play it. All right. What I'm saying is this. I would like for all of us to believe in nonviolence, but I'm here to say tonight that if every Negro in the United States turns against nonviolence, I'm going to stand up as a lone voice and say this is the wrong way. M.O.K. So, shouts out to M.O.K. So, in the clip that we just tried to play, we possibly uh, did. Maybe maybe just I didn't hear it. Like, the John yeah. probably got captured. If you heard it, then it probably got captured on the recording. Yeah. But uh, pretty much uh, what he was just saying was that, you know, as much as he want, like, you know, any, you know, all the Negroes or, you know, black people to actually embrace nonviolence, he said that if overnight every black person decided to actually be nonviolent, he would make a point of pretty much telling everybody that's the wrong way. Uh, pretty much just saying that, you know, sometimes, man, you, you have to have civil disobedience. And sometimes you gotta have uncivil disobedience uh, just to keep people honest, man. Because if you become too docile, you know, you definitely not gonna get what you want, man. So, yeah. you know, like, you know, that second amendment shit, you know what I mean? Like, you know, the second amendment isn't just about you protecting your family. It's about you protecting yourself from the government as well too. So uh, let's not fucking cut off our arms and cut off our limbs, you know what I mean? Uh, just because, you know, we, we want to be accepted and shit like that. You know what I mean? Like, nah, fuck that, you know what I mean? Like, like sometimes, man, you have to actually strong arm. Sometimes you have to take the shit. Uh, so, shouts out to everybody taking to the streets right now. Uh, you know, I pray for the safety of everybody that's out there riding. Uh, actually, I pray for all the business owners, man. Hopefully, you come back, you bounce back, and everything like that. Uh, but you know, you're supported. Uh, I mean, I necessarily agree with everything that you're doing right now. Uh, but hey, man, listen. Take care of yourself. Keep exactly. fighting for what you believe in. You know what I mean? And uh, hopefully, you know, we end up on the other side of this. Hopefully, we get so something productive out of this. So. And uh, just for anybody who's listening who who might feel like my man just, just says something that y'all dis disagree with or whatever, 
I just want to remind y'all that we do not have a history of killing white people. We have a history of being killed by white people. That note, man, you want you want to you want to roll. Let's give him that to think about. You want to roll out, man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, yo. Well, listen, man. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, listen, be safe, be healthy, and uh, we're going to holler at y'all later, man. Peace, bro.